Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Off the Dome Radio, episode 69. Uh, we have a very special guest for you uh, today. Uh, kind of funny how this one worked out. We had read an article about a company called Go Oil, and their um, mobile oil change uh, provider up in Canada. And we had talked about them on an episode. And if we if we reference uh, you know companies or people, we'll we'll tag them in our uh, Instagram post when we promote the episode releasing that day. And funny enough, this company DM'd us uh, saying like, hey, like this was kind of cool seeing us you know, featured on the episode. If you ever have questions, you know, let us know. And we're like, well, who's the boss and can we get an interview, basically, uh, in, in not so many words. But uh, so that's kind of what happened. Uh, we, we have never, never met or talked to this guy before. His name is John Sparrow. Um, and he he gets into the found, the formation of the idea that would become now Canada's largest mobile oil change provider. Um, and so he talks about that, finding mentors, uh, how he became uh, not just skilled in business but as a delegator too. Uh, so he talks about having that uh, that fine line and that relationship with with his people and still have having a good environment to work in. Um, then he goes to the concept of what the business is there to really do, uh, the services that uh, they offer people, how they work, um, and he kind of gives us a little layout of, of their, um, their mobile vans too, which was kind of cool. Um, and he goes into the value that he's really providing for people and how uh, the functionality of a franchise uh, can be for this type of business. Uh, Tim, what'd you uh, what'd you think about John? I had a fun, uh, fun time talking to him. He was an interesting cat. Yeah, very insightful interview. I, I enjoyed talking to John. He uh, he has entrepreneurship in his DNA. Like He, he dropped out of high school when he was 16 mm-hmm. uh, to start his first business, and he kind of explains what that was like, uh, tell, telling his parents at first. Uh, just balls, dude. Yeah, balls. Yeah. And he and he just he's a risk taker, but he takes calculated risks. And he talks about why Go Oil has been the most successful out of all of his ventures that he's done. Because I think he started four or five companies. He said in the interview, but I, it, was, it was around that. And he just talks about what's made this successful in terms of building his team, franchising it. Uh, he talks about his future plans for the business, what he really hopes to do. And we, we ask him, like. What challenges do you see coming up in the future? And I, I enjoyed his response to that. Um, and he talks about what it means to create uh, your own business leader identity. Because there's a lot of there's a lot of talk out there today. There's a lot of people preaching on their social media profiles about what it takes to be successful in entrepreneurship. And he just talks about how he just did it on his own and how how he created that identity for himself. So I really enjoyed this interview. Uh, let us know what you think of it and whether that means DMing us about what you thought, things you make, things that would make the show better. Because uh, I really think this, if you're trying to start your own business, this is a good one to listen to. So without further ado, episode 69, John Sparrow. Well, nice to officially meet you, dude. I'm Colin. This is Tim. Um, appreciate you taking the time with us today, dude. Yeah, yeah no, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. It was kind of, uh, kind of funny. One of our staff, they're like, hey, um, we're doing our like we do weekly checks at go oil to make sure like things are online or whatever mm-hmm. make sure whatever is being tagged to go oil and we saw your guys's like podcast we're like wait a second like this this doesn't make sense like i don't yeah. remember doing a podcast and then uh, <laughs> uh the staff come running in they're like no 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 like they 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 found the article from from the free press and i was like oh okay that makes sense that makes yeah. sense yeah yeah it was a cool cool story uh i I have a membership on a 
platform called Flipboard, which gives like cool current event happenings in the world and you can set it for like entrepreneurship stories. And I was under that and saw your story. I thought it was really cool. And I'm glad we were able to, to get in touch with you and, and have an opportunity to meet you. And I wanted to ask you before we go in everything, do you have like, what are your time constraints? How much time do you actually have? I'm good till like six o'clock, six thirty ish. So okay. okay, cool, cool. Yeah, I think it's super fun how it worked out to where we just we saw an article, talked about it. Like, yeah. I mean, we'll tag people when we talk about them. Like, ah, you never know. And like one time, I was like, hey, like we heard about it. I'm like, oh, that's really sweet. Yeah, no, that's good. You guys are doing this since November. I was over here. You're talking to guard. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's that's as long as we've been selling franchises since November of 2018. So okay, that's cool. So yeah, how uh, kind of want to get into how you just got started doing the Go Oil, how that came about, uh, what you doing before, any type of transition, and, and just you know how you decided on doing what you're doing. Yeah, so I, I guess I started my like business career, as you'd call it, or like entrepreneurship, or you know, whatever, like a curse or whatever, like what it is today. Um, I dropped out of high school at 16 and started my first company. Um, fast forward quite a few years, a lot of mistakes. Um, I got, uh, you know, I was, I've already got to about four companies in my hometown of Brandon, which is about two hours away from where Goyle is now. And uh, I was like, man, I, I've, always, I've always told myself I'm going to expand one of my business Winnipeg. I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go do it. And I'll just... I built up my companies. I was somewhat successful. I was happy for, I don't know, I was 20, 23 at the time, maybe 20, no, no, no I was 21. And uh, I was like, yeah, you know, just everything's great. So I came to Winnipeg and I was going to bring another, my original business to Winnipeg as well at the same time. And I, I was kind of hanging around, like Winnipeg has this, what you'd call like an entrepreneurship community. They have like this, um, it's called North Forge here. And it's this kind of like this community incubator, how they like build companies and, they had a competition coming up called Ramp Up, and uh, they're like, okay, in 55 hours, you have to build a business. And I was kind of sitting there going, you know, I was hanging around the startup community. I got a little co-working desk in, for $100 in, in one of their little spaces, and I was like, okay, well, you know, let's let's go try this competition. It's 100 bucks to enter, so I um, went down, found two friends I just met in Winnipeg. I didn't really know very many people here. And I said, yeah, let's, let's pitch mobile oil change. Let's, let's build this in the weekend. It's something we could do oil changes on the second day and, you know, we can get sales and we could win the prize money, which wasn't a lot of money. It was only about 1500 bucks if you win. And, uh, that's how Goyle started. I pitched that weekend. We had 11 people join on the team, um, did oil change on the second day, old fashioned way. Um, just kind of built it from there. Um, and, and we didn't win first place, but we won third place. But, uh, that competition launched what Goyle is today, which is about 20, well, two years, we're almost coming up on two years since that competition. That's so, cool. That's really cool. You really did win though, even though you got third place. Yeah. Cause, cause you know what? It, with it. It's kind of a curse to win first place. Sometimes um, it's kind of the joke with that competition, you know, first place usually it's like just fades quick. Um, but Does that what happened to that first place group. The, the different name now. So, you okay. know, I, around they're still around they're still hustling and and it's about building businesses um i wouldn't really call it competition it's about like kickstarting people into starting a business they don't really like it's never the right time to start a company enough money right so just do it like what the heck like throw things together and see what happens um that's about it so 
Yeah, and, and just moving quick, like uh, I got rid of my two, not got rid of them, I bought out uh, my two co-founders pretty quickly after that competition. Oh, wow. Uh, it wasn't a lot of money, we just kind of split, split the prize money, but uh, they didn't have the time to put into the business and to make it grow. Um, still great friends with them, no hard feelings, but uh, kind of kind of exploded slowly over time. Yeah. Uh, what it is now, so. Well, that's good. You've been able to maintain those, those friendships. Um, yeah. Any, uh, so how many people from the original team are still with you now? Unfortunately, zero. Just okay. Me. So, um, uh, what, what do you look for then in, in people for your team of like types of personality traits, uh, what they can bring to the table? What are some things that you look for when you're going to hire, uh, you know, people that you're going to eventually trust with, parts of your child essentially yeah so like for me um this company's grown extremely fast and you can't control every every inch of it there's a lot of people that get into business and they, they can never let go they can never control like especially if like us we franchise um you have a lot of controls of franchise or but it's also you don't have control over the franchisees and what they're doing inside their business a mm-hmm. lot of the time and uh you have to be able to give up that control and, and be okay with it. And same with your hiring people, they're only going to be able to do 60 days, 80% of what you would have done in that position. Um, and even when you're hiring people that you don't know that position, like, you know, whether it's, we have a huge development team that just does tech all day. I don't understand that, but I, I, instead of interviewing them, I just, I just try to sit down and work with them or have them come in and start working. We're doing our first traditional interviews right now for a bunch of sales guys. And even in the sales, like in the interview, I'm just like, you know, I'm more, I don't really care about your piece of paper. I didn't graduate high school. I'm not one to judge you on your piece of paper you're handing me. Right. I want to know how you communicate. I want to see like, if you're driven, if, are you just looking for a nine to five to collect minimum wage? Or are you, you know, you're looking for a um, position where you can make really good money. You can be part of something that's growing. Um, so it, really judging it off that. And, People, when they, they come into our office, they see the amount of people working. There's well, 14 on the team that work for Goyle every single day to get it to the next stage in corporate here. And um, they just see the energy and the vibe and they're like, I'm here to work. I'm here to build something. I'm not here to just, you know, kind of sit. And we're lucky in a way that Winnipeg's kind of central for a couple of big companies that have already done that. Like, I don't know if you guys are familiar with like, Skip the Dishes or like Bold Commerce. But Bolt builds all the apps for Shopify. Okay. Skip the Dishes is the Uber Eats of Canada. And gotcha. they Shopify. So anyways, like 3,000 employees, but they started from a little town and kind of blew up in less than eight years. So That's cool. It's kind of that vibe in Winnipeg that people see companies grow and they just kind of get hooked to that, that thrive, that, that drive to like be part of something building. Yeah. And 14, man, that's a good number of people working for you too. Yeah. So it's growing. Like right now we're trying to hire about five, six sales guys right now full time. So we'll be over 20 here soon. Um, And you know, it's it like we still haven't, the only loan we took out is a $15,000 loan from uh, what they call futurepreneur here in Canada. Uh, It's a federal, federal program. And they basically, Federal government goes, gives 50% of the loan, they'll give you 15 grand, and they find a private investor technically, and they give you the $15,000. They have a 93% success rate, but the most important part they give you is a mentor. And uh, they, they really want to see more business start, small business employees, 
majority of people in our country and well as the U.S. as well. So they, they took a risk and said, is $15,000 not credit-based, it's business plan-based. If you have a solid business idea and you can put it on paper and show them, uh, they'll give you the money. They'll give you the money, they'll give you the mentor, and they take the risk. A 93% success rate is, is in, in employment and creating jobs that's really good for them. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole program is to work with entrepreneurs to help them take that risk, give them the mentorship, and then one to six jobs or even more. That's really cool. Has that been around for a while? Yeah, it's been around since like 1997, uh, a couple of different names, but uh, it's something Canada has that a lot of countries, like they might have in different ways, but I know I know Canada has it pretty good. Yeah. But um, that's the only thing we took from them. Like everything like you see, like we got a 2000 square foot building now. Um, we have franchises coast to coast. We have working with the office. We have a dev, like with our dev team and our sales team and our franchise development and our franchise sales. Um, that's all done on a cash basis. We don't have lines of credit. We don't have anything. It's still, it's still bootstrapped. Um, so hmm. that's still pretty impressive though, man. That's, that's really cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, so is that mentor, uh, still with you guys now? Yeah. So we, so they, they own a tannic. So you don't get the mentor you'd think you would. Um, so uh, we got two mentors, they're sisters, they're twin sisters. Um, but they own a tanning, uh, company that's franchised across Canada and they've been our mentors for now for the last year and a bit. They really helped us launch into what we've become, um, with their 24 years of experience. Like they've been doing businesses longer than I've been alive. Um, so they've made their mistakes and they've done success as well. And it's, it's, you can't pay for something like that to, to get out of like a mentorship session with them. Oh, sure. It's, it's huge. That's cool. And we've, we talked about it on our podcast, like what your company does, but do you want to just explain like the unique value that you're bringing to your customer base and what's allowed you to be successful, like the quality of your product? So what we built was, um, so we're Canada's largest mobile exchange company and soon to be when we launch into the U S for the fall. Um, we'll hope to do that there as well. Um, but what we have is we have specialized service vans. They're all Mercedes vans. And, uh, have special extraction systems inside the vehicles. And this allows us to do your oil change anywhere, anytime, in a safe and clean way. Um, we have special dipstick tube that goes down. Dipstick sucks all the oil at operating temperatures. The vehicle has to run for a little bit. And then we remove everything on the bottom, like your filter and your drain plug to make sure we've got everything. But uh, it allows us to eliminate you waiting in line at a quick loop and also service your vehicle uh, while you're at the office or where we specialize a lot in is fleets. Uh, doing fleets at two in the morning, uh, oil field companies, delivery companies, courier companies. Um, that's where we specialize. And what we built was we realized like, yeah, it's great. You can get a mobile oil change and you can call into a winning hunter number or you can email us to get an oil change. Um, people want things now and just want to book it. So we built a booking platform and just go on to the 2019 Honda Civic engine size two liter and, and get an instant price, um, not be upsold. People hate getting upsold. Um, the oil change industry is very known for, for scamming people. Um, you always hear, oh, I went to, you know, here it's like Mr. Lube or like down the States it might be the Jiffy Lube, right? Mm-hmm. Went to Jiffy Lube and it's supposed to be a $60 oil change. It was 260 bucks. They're always upselling. Uh, we have a no upsell policy. So whatever you book online is what you get. 
we, we don't carry inventory for it. And it's just kind of a bad old fashioned business practice. And people just want honesty and, 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 and they just want to trust a company. Mm-hmm. Um, they're being taken advantage of. So. Yeah. That's a, that's a hard stigma to, to fight. Cause that's a, that's a big one. Everyone knows like, Oh yeah, the oil guys, Oh, well you need this and this because this is what I see. Um, yeah. But so that, that's cool. You were able to kind of mitigate uh, that pushback. Uh, do you guys check any other parts of like the car? Do you do any engine checks? Anything yeah, like that? Like, uh, 21 point inspection. We do, we do your like seasonal tire swaps and, you know, tire rotations, uh, battery placement, like windshield wipers, cabinet filter, engineer filter, just your basic maintenance. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a referral program with shops across the country that okay. you know, bigger issue than, than what we can fix. We actually just refer it off to them. Okay. Um, that was my next question. If you have yeah, partnerships or anything like that, if your brakes are like, we can visually tell your brakes are done. We're like, man, you, you need to take this to get a, get the brakes replaced. Um, we can make that happen for them. Yeah. One of our partners. That's cool. That's all on the go. God, that's so good. And it, it solves such a huge need because I dread going and taking time to do an oil change it's, it's like a whole day event you got to plan for it and yeah i'm sure that's a huge when you see their face when they're sitting in their office or you meet them at the front secretary or something in an office building and they just hand you over their keys and they don't have to be the vehicle they've already prepaid online there's no payment exchange it's just keys and a smile yeah uh-huh. and and it, it just it's such you see that it was a stressful intense moment for them before you just see them relax yeah yeah and that's it. So um, it's it's nice to see, and everybody's like Ubering and skipping is what we call Ubering and skipping around nowadays. And you know, we kind of fit our model fits into where the future of people getting on demand service is going. Mm-hmm. Okay. How many vans do you have right now total? There's twelve vans in Canada that are okay. operating. Uh, we launch a new van about every fifteen to twenty four days, depending on the month. Wow. Okay. Wow. I drive by the Mercedes dealership on the way to work right now, and there's there's seven Mercedes Sprinters sitting there, or Mercedes mattresses, which we buy, and five of them are ours already. So really? It's, it's kind of wild. Well, it's not necessarily ours. It's our franchisees. Yeah. So it, it's it's interesting. It's, it kind of changes changes the way you look at things and, mm-hmm. and growth and you know, our franchises. Yeah, they've, they've all just launched. They're less than six months into their business. And all of them are big, like some of them have super successful vans already. Some of them are still growing and they're going through the startup phase, but um, all in all, it's pretty successful. And we looped around with our franchisees. I was mentioning about Futurepreneur and like that $15,000 loan that the government uh, works with to give you. Uh, we have all of our franchisees actually go through that program. So then they get the mentor attached to it. Oh, them. that's good. Oh, that's super smart. So, we, we kind of broke their system. Um, normally, <laughs> you can only take out one loan, two loans from them uh, for separate businesses. So you can have two businesses max go through there. Once you get to the third business, they're like, you're rich enough, you can do it yourself. Um, but uh, basically, they're like, yeah. Um, we're like, what if we have franchisees come through here? It's technically a separate business. And they're like, oh, well, I guess, yeah. And yeah. <laughs> we're more into the rules. And they're like, yeah, no, it's good to go. So we just... That's huge. Shown through, so it's not credit based, right? So now we can go after the guys. Like, yeah, for me, like, like you know, the people that are going to be the best franchisees, you know, they're not all the ones. Like, we've had over four hundred people apply to buy this franchise. We've looked at so many people. You get guys who are like got millions of dollars. I want to open up 
six vans tomorrow. It'd be great to take that. It'd be great to make money on it, but they're not they're not uh, connected to the business. This is a startup. We want people that are driven, that are going to be on the ground, that are going to hustle this. Not somebody that just has a lot of money and just going to pay and pay and pay money until they see some success out of it. Uh, that's not the right franchise or franchisee we want. That's a franchisee that work great for like Tim Hortons or McDonald's, but not for us. We we really want the the person that's willing to put the time in and hustle to to build this as their own business, and they're building as a team with multiple teammates across the country. Mm-hmm. God, that's awesome. And when you first drew up this business idea from the very beginning, was franchising in the original plans? No, uh, no. Just I, I, to be honest, I didn't want another business. This is business number five, and I. Didn't. <laughs> I'm like, I can't handle this. I can't handle owning another business. And I said it multiple times over the weekend, and it, it might just be the universe, but the universe is like, "Ha you're getting another business." <laughs> <laughs> My other businesses have had somewhat success. Some of them have been great. Some of them, you know, but none of them have launched the way that Goyle has. None of them have scaled outside of Manitoba, which is our province. Um, and, and had the potential to move to other countries. Um, this is the only one that's done that. And, and for me, it's new territory. It's been able to grow fast because of my experience, like, you know, we got guys working in our office that went to school for business, went to school for accounting, went to school to be a developer. Um, they're working for a guy that doesn't have a high school diploma that's kind of like trying to put all the pieces together. So it's interesting working with him because I'm learning from him at the same time mm-hmm. and just surrounding yourself. Like the same thing as like Henry Ford did when he got pulled in front of uh, U.S. Congress. Like, they're like, we don't think you're educated enough to control your own company. And basically said, yeah, I do. And I pay this guy here to tell me how to do the accounting. Pay this guy to be my lawyer. Pay this guy to be my engineer. And, you know, I don't know anything about those departments, but I know they're the experts in it. And yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's the same idea as you, you just, you put trust in people and I have a CTO that does all of our tech and he sits there and tells me millions of things, how this tech's going to be built and tech's a huge piece of our business. I just sat there and I'm just like, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> you're not interested and you're just like, just tell me if it's going to work or not. Yeah, right. So, um, yeah, so that's pretty much with him and then. Yeah, you just you put trust in the people, and uh, mistakes are going to happen, and you just you know you just got to move on from them. You just can't hold hold grudges, or uh, you can only move forward. Tomorrow's a new day. Yesterday was already done. So yeah. So what were uh, what would you attribute some of the the differences in why Go Oil got out of um, your your home city as opposed to the other businesses not making it as far yet? Um, it was my mindset. So my mindset has changed over time. Like when I started my first business, which was called Curbside, and what it did was it just moved, you know, like the black and blue gardener cycling bins you have in your house mm-hmm. that the city owns and you put them out on the streets. So we got paid to move those from the house to the curb, from the curb to the house. So I had people that are elderly that physically didn't have to move them. So I did that, and I just thought on a scale of branded. I thought on a scale, small town, uh, how am I going to grow it? And I priced it poorly. I priced it too cheap because I was thinking of small town. And I, I learned the mistake of pricing too cheap and having to charge more and business costs and stuff like that. So I learned that. And and so my mindset changed. I, you know, started my big snorkel company. I was like, I just have to, you know, get big and brand. And then I, then I realized I didn't want to work for any of the big companies in, in my home city. They were not really great to work for. They didn't pay you. And, you know, there's, there's bigger, better things. And so over time, my, your mind and your, it just starts getting bigger. Uh, the picture is getting bigger. You start realizing that who you thought your biggest client was going to be 
or who you ideal client was going to be it was probably your worst client you'd ever have um, and just realizing that you don't need them to be successful you can do things on your own um, and you don't need somebody with all their condos or something like that to give you for all your snow contracts that you, you could just go do commercial work for a big corporation and make the same amount of money. So yeah. um, you just got to look at things from different outside the box. I always say to like my sales guys, like never go in the front door, never go in the side door, look for the side window that's propped open and, and just squeeze your way in there. That's, mm-hmm. that's how you get into where you want to go. Um, you don't go the traditional routes that, that everybody else takes. Um, to really just get a kind of a different edge on, on the competition at least. So uh, we're lucky in our industry. There's, there's nobody working for like Jiffy Lube sitting in a call center, calling out to thousands of businesses across the country saying, Hey, can we get you to like switch to do all your oil changes? No, nobody, nobody has that. None of our competitors are doing that, but we are. And different phone call business owner gets like, Hey, I'm calling you about your last oil change. Like, Oh, is there something wrong? Like, something wrong? No, no, no. I'm just, you know, I just want to know what your experience was. Are you calling from Jiffy Lube? No, 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 no. I'm calling from Go Oil. Oh, well, can you tell me what the difference is? So it's kind of more of a different sales tactic that okay. you compete with multiple call centers doing that. So Yeah. That's the extra effort though, man. Yeah. Loving, loving the hustle. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it just, uh, you just got to do it. Yeah. And, and I like how you said, like, you know, there's always going to be a mistake here or there, uh, a pivot here or there, roadblock, a speed bump, and it's just you got to keep pushing through it if you believe it's it's going to work. You're never going to lose so much money in your life. You're never going to be so broke that you, you like, you're as an entrepreneur, it's not it's not like uh, butterflies and rainbows. Like, here in the, in the big city that we're in, there's a lot of people that think of entrepreneurship as, like, a dream job or mm-hmm. it is, like... It, you know, it's cool to put on your resume, that kind of thing. But like you meet, you meet the entrepreneurs that are like hustling it and they're standing in the corner and they're not really dressed the best. And they're like, just look like they're straight. Yeah. And those, those are the guys that you got to watch. And, and you know, they're not one spending, you know, like, I don't know about you guys, but you know, Facebook, they're like, Oh, I got all my $10,000 cash. I got my, I got my, I'm in my mom's Lamborghini or whatever. <laughs> those, are, those are unrealistic. Yeah, uh, you know, me and my buddy always joke. We're like, uh, he owns a couple businesses too. We're like, you know, I'm just gonna go sit in my cargo van and do a video and be like, I own 11 of these things, and uh, <laughs> they're all crap. I hate them and they smell, but uh, you know, like, just reality of like what business is, and you're you're gonna work hard and and you're gonna have to make some self sacrifices, and it's gonna be what it's gonna be. You're gonna make what it is, and maybe one day you'll exit. Maybe one day you won't. Might go back, but um, especially at my age, like there's been a couple times where I thought my other businesses were going to fail really hard. Um, lost a lot of money one year because we did a poor deal with another company to like kind of partner with them, and we ended up financing their company. It was a horrible deal. Um, it's probably the worst experience I've had being an entrepreneur. And my dad looked at me and he's like, "John, you're 20. You have dump trucks, skid steers. Like you've built this all up since you're 16." If you went bankrupt tomorrow, you've got so many years ahead. So um, go for like full throttle. Like don't even don't even hesitate um, at this. Like this is just a bump. This is a big bump. 
is that you're going to come back from it and you're going to, you're, you've never learned so much in a short amount of time. So he's like, don't feel like failing is going to be the worst thing in the world. It's going to be, be one of the best things. And I, we came out of that and I was like, I'm never going to put myself in that position. I'm never going to put another person I work with in that position ever again. And it changed the way I did business. And uh, yeah, like that was, that was a big learning. That was a big pill to swallow. Yeah. Um, what an awesome, uh, awesome parenting move too. Like, yeah. you know, that, that's, that's awesome. Seeing more support of like, Hey man, like you've done a lot of great stuff. Like don't get hung up on one. Yeah. I just, he kind of laughed. He's like, I never, he's like, you know, you're going to lose money. That's okay. Uh, the amount of money I've lost is still cost less than uh, probably a business education at my school. <laughs> so you can look at it as education in some ways, but yeah. Yeah. That's all you gotta look at it. Like, so. Yeah, that's good, man. Sounds like you had a real good mindset, though, with, with your business. You've been around the block a few times to where it's... Yeah. You kind of yeah, got working for it. Is, like, just get your head out of your business every now and then. Like, you can be so focused, but you got to realize that uh, life's happening without you as well. People dive into their businesses so much, and everything's trying to be 100%. I always tell everybody, just get it to 80%. Um, people have a problem with that. <clears throat> like, the customers, they're not your customers. Um, get it to 80% still have a personal life outside of the business you know, have a really good support network, have a good girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. Um, make sure that, uh, just make sure you have a life outside the business because if you build a business since you're 21 until you're 28 and all your friends are getting married and having kids and everything else at 28, yeah, you have money, but kind of missed out on everything else. So. Yeah. Still trying to keep, uh, keep your life sane by trying to shut off your, your business. Oh, uh, unfortunately for me, I still answer my phone at two in the morning if people call, but yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, if that's, if that's your worst case, I think you're doing all right. Yeah. But, you just gotta, you gotta know when to shut it off and turn it on. When you, yeah. Yeah. I appreciate and respect that too. Cause I'll find myself like I'll get too lost or too sidetracked on, on even this to where it's like, I should, like I drown out everyone and everything, you know, and it can get, it's easy to get stuck that way too. So I really respect and appreciate the 80% and then let the rest of yourself out. Even if it's 60%, like you got to look at, like I always joke, they're like, look at your competitors and see what they're doing. Are the best competitors in the world? If you're the, if you're the cream of the crop and you're the best, you know, and everybody else is still making the same money as you at half the amount of work, why? Why, why are you spending this extra work? Like, sure. just the 80%, kind of feel it out, how your customers are, are taking it and, you know, just, just move forward as best you can. That's awesome. Yeah. So I got to ask, how old are you now? I'm 24, turning 25 in August. Right on. Say right on. So I've been in business since I was 16. So it's, we're coming, we're coming up on 10 years. Yeah. So. Yeah. I was going to ask you, what was, uh, what was that transition like out of high school when you were 15, when you, when you dropped uh, out? What, what did that look like? My, my mom was not on board with it. It <laughs> <laughs> was like, you know, everybody in our family's finished high school. Like, this is kind of unacceptable. And then my dad's kind of like, well, it doesn't really matter. Like, you come from a big family of farmers anyways. So, like, you know, it is it is what it is. And um, just kind of see what you're going to do more moving forward. But, you know, you got to do something. You either got to get a job or you, you, you got to work. And kind of started the business I took side jobs all the time like I sold cell phones and that kind of thing as well but it just reminded me like you know you need to make yourself whatever you need to make happy um, and, and happy doesn't $200,000 a year happy could be 
$60,000 a year in, you know, a small little house and, you know, relaxing, like, um, but I had to do something for me. And if I was going to leave high school, then they're going to be extra hard on me to make sure I did something. And, uh, yeah, I think my, my mom's side of the family has come around to that now. They see the businesses, they see the employers, they see the headaches, they see the stresses and, it, you know, they might have a heart attack at some of the things that happen, but yeah, um, it is what it is. And, and, uh, you know, I think they've kind of learned from it. Even my little cousins that look up now, they're just kind of like, yeah, you don't really need your high school to finish anything, but you know, unless you're going to go be a business owner like John and be completely stressed out and you know, <laughs> about money sometimes, and I don't want to be him. So I'm going to go to school. So <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> so I don't know. It's just, uh, yeah. The parents are supposed to be, if your kid's going to leave high school, you need to be hard on your kids. Make sure that they, they understand the choice they made and it'll work out in the end. Just, uh, just let them hit ground a few times. Mm -hmm. That's pretty quick that the world isn't free. So right. I think more people need to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Gotta gotta make the world where you want it to be. If any everybody has, you know, in our country, in the U.S., I would argue too. But everybody has when they're born. Like, it doesn't matter where you're born or who you're born to. Um, especially when you become like an entrepreneur, business owner, you have the same amount of opportunity as anyone else starting the same business as you. It's what you make of it. Um, you know, somebody might argue that it's the connections, it's the mentors that uh, really pay to like success of companies. But my argument is is you really wanted somebody to be a mentor or you you're complaining that you didn't have a mentor why didn't you pick up the phone and ask there's a lot of people that love to be a mentor to people um, but they just don't get asked and um, and people love sharing their advice and their uh, their ideas and their struggles and and you just got to ask and listen and uh, you'll be able to find what you're looking for so you got to take that equal opportunity and uh, and really use it to your advantage yeah. like people love to teach others like yeah. what they're good at too. People love to teach. Yeah. Like if we went golfing, you'd probably love to teach me how to swing a golf club. Yeah, I would. I'd enjoy, I'd enjoy watching you try it first. Too. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very good at golf, but I try. Better, better at drinking the beers on the side. Yeah. 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 <laughs> John, is there anybody that's been like a, a good mentor for you or served that role or someone that's been that for you at a pivotal time or anybody you can think of? I mean, our mentors we have now are pretty good. Like, so I came, it's like, so Winnipeg has the startup community that is kind of crucial to the success that we've had. Uh, my home, the town that was, the city I was growing up in is Brandon. They didn't, um, it's a very old, old style business. Like, um, nobody understood what raising a round or venture capital was. Uh, nobody was raising, here everybody's raising a round. Venture capital or getting some kind of VC to invest in them. Uh, I wasn't from that, but we didn't, we didn't have that. And the young entrepreneurship community consists of me and maybe four other people. Hmm. Um, so it was very small. We helped to get everybody that was young, helped each other out. But, um, yeah, it just, it just, I don't know. It's the community that really, the, the really help. I always say to like, even our sales guys too, um, when you go to an event, make sure you listen more than you talk all the time. Um, People love to be heard. Um, they don't really care about your business unless you hear about theirs first um, or what they're doing. Um, our business really isn't that attractive or sexy, as I put it. <laughs> uh, you know, we do oil changes. That's it. But we do them at your house. And 
that's usually enough hook for them to ask some questions. So that's the sexy part that comes. Like yeah. we just yeah. got you and do it. Yeah. <laughs> the, van, the vans look sexy too. Pretty cool design. <laughs> I will. Yeah. Say. Yeah. Um, I with working with designers. I always say like, I want to be able to tell what one of our vehicles look like from six blocks away and you can't read the text. You need to know what it is. Yeah. Okay. We also said that every oil change, mobile oil change company in, in America uh, has mobile oil change written all over the van. Like it says what it is, gives you the answer. People love, they're curious naturally. So all of our vans don't say mobile oil change. They just say we're changing the oil change. Book online, goil.ca. It's a question in marketing that makes people actually go to our website and check out what is it actually do? What is go oil? It makes a conversation happen. Mm-hmm. They need to find out what these blue vans do. Um, you know, we get in an argument with our franchisees. Sometimes they're like, ah, oh, you know, need to say mobile oil change on it. And I'm like, I understand. But then it's, it's giving somebody an answer. Mm-hmm. We need people to ask questions. We need them to bring them to our website for more content. We need them to phone us to ask. We need them to ask their friends about Google Oil. It needs to be a conversation piece. So that's the way we kind of, it's a mind, everything's like a mindset and like, you know, um, smoke and mirrors kind of thing too. Like first business, one of my first businesses I had, I, I put decals on my friend's truck to make it look like my company was bigger. <laughs> with a book with my company because they thought it was, you know, fair size company. So, I mean, you got to do like creative things like that to, to really change the mindset of the consumer to, to, to use you. So, um, yeah, just gotta, just gotta go for it. So. And and you mentioned that you're working on tapping into, uh, the American market as well. What is that looking like? Uh, you said August, right? Um, like October, October, November. Um, I'm coming down to the U S in July, my sister's having a wedding in Grand Falls, uh, Michigan. Yeah, Grand Falls, whatever, on the other side of the lake there from Chicago. So, um, but yeah, Grand Rapids, Grand Rapids not Grand Rapids. Uh, yeah, it is Grand Rapids. It is Grand Beautiful Rapids. Beautiful area. Yeah, yeah. So she's moving down there. So I'm uh, going to go to a wedding there. But yeah, I've got some meetings along the way. Like our head office will likely be like Austin, Texas or something like that. Okay. Uh, but uh, franchises will probably start advertising August, September for sale and uh, just kind of see how that plays out. Canada just exploded uh, with franchise people want to buy, but uh, we'll see how the U.S. takes it. Um, but there's already competition in the U.S., not to the size that we are here in Canada, but uh, yeah. Um, we'll see how it goes. We're, we're just kind of playing it by ear and getting all the legal work and groundwork done before we go. Um, being a Canadian corporation, owning a U.S. LLC is a little bit more red tape than, than but uh, it's it's all good. It's uh, yeah. Good. So there is a mobile oil company down here already. There's there's you got mom and pop ones, you got little ones, and you know you got some down in Florida, and uh, they exist. Okay. They don't exist to the they don't have the tech that we have, mm. and they don't, like the booking systems, they don't have the same kind of van setups we have. Mm. So we're, we're coming down with a pretty heavy dot and we're going to be swinging pretty hard to make sure that we land some, land some home runs. So good deal. Uh, yeah. I, I, it's kind of an analogy I use in, in business. I'm like, doesn't matter if you have the big bat or the small bat, it's how you swing it. And, uh, you know, just like it. Yeah. Yeah. Take them all. So yeah, uh, business, but uh, you, you want to be competitive and, and work with your competitors to, to really grow markets. So. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, we were talking earlier. I was like, man, I don't really know of anyone 
in America that does that outside of like, so I have a truck, but Chevy, they have like these loaded pickups that they'll come to your tires, your oil. I was like, that's really the only thing I know of. Yeah. So there's like a uh, spiffy lube down in the U S from Florida. Um, okay. um, they're in Atlanta, Florida, uh, Tampa, like they're, they got like six cities. Okay. They're, they're growing on a corporate level. Um, they're not doing franchising. So that's fine and dandy. Um, that works really well, but you grow slower. Franchising allows you to grow fast because um, it's not your capital. It's not you running that business. It's, it's a person that's bought into your entity that's uh, that business. So you can almost, you have all these little startups happening everywhere and uh, in, in working and supporting them. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting. It, it's, it, it allows them to be the leader of that city kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. That's cool, man, though, that, that there's not too much barrier to entry there to where when, when you guys come, like, you're cocked and locked and ready to rock, you know, you're good to go. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's no longer the little startup anymore. It's uh, it's it's Canada's largest mobile oil change company makes entrance into the U.S. And, yeah. and not just the U.S., like, um, kind of – we just have this goal of like moving quick and moving fast and, and moving controllably. But uh, it's not just the U S like, you know, maybe Europe in 2020 um, you know, launching a few countries over there because our model, the technology, um, the tech part is the big part. And, and because we built the tech, we can move that anywhere. Um, and the vans are owned by the franchisees and Mercedes sells those vans worldwide. Uh, we can replace, we can find somebody to wrap the vans in the U.S. We can find somebody to wrap the vans in, in, in Europe. Um, we can spec them out pretty quickly, pretty easily. Um, so we made everything simplified, like Ikea kind of way, like flat pack simplified, can build it um, and roll these units out um, and service the market and just put our sales team on, on onto that country or that area or that state or that town um, to, to help those franchises grow. That's awesome. God, that's so cool. Yeah. One thing I wanted to ask is the transition process when you franchise it out to these franchisees, what are the important, because obviously you still want them to uphold the core values of the company that you started. How do you communicate that to them? How do you control that to the point where you guys are on the same page, even though they're kind of operating on their own, how they can still uphold what you believe in as the engine behind the company? Yeah, so like our social media stuff is all controlled by corporate across the country. Nobody can uh, control, uh, nobody can have their own like, Instagram or Facebook. So we control our identity that way. They all have to have the same brands. We're pretty rigorous. Franchising is very in the franchisor's favor. Uh, it's never really written in the franchisee's favor. Um, so we have a lot of control as a franchisor um, to make sure that they're executing the oil changes properly, they're following procedures and stuff like that. It's not great if they don't. Um, at the end of the day, they could lose their franchise. Um, worst case scenario, um, they'd be penalized, that kind of thing. But um, there's strict rules in place. And when we go through our training, we go through to make sure. And we have an open dialogue with our franchisees. Some franchisors will never maybe talk to their franchisees once every three months. Just collect a check from them, have fun, and do your thing. We're in contact with our franchisees on a daily basis. Mm. Um, so they're running ideas past us. We're running ideas past them. Um, you know, we're working. We, we basically said, like, this is a big team. And uh, even though you're your own separate entity um, of the Goyle franchise system, um, you know we want we want uh, we want your feedback right away. We want to implement things as fast as possible and keep growing. So, 
I think that alone changes the the whole environment that people enter into coming to go go oil. Like most people aren't going to do that, like you said. So like you're already changing the game to where hey, you can talk to us, we can talk to you. We're all still people, but this is also the business. So I, I think that's really cool how open that is. Uh, just you know, we we've each been in corporate spots to where it's not that way. Yeah, no, and and, and even like franchisees, they call up one of our our, our CTO and be like, "Yeah, I really don't like the website when it does this." People like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, sounds good." Like, yeah, maybe might take your advice, might not, but like, um, you know, it's just kind of the environment we have. And uh, you know, we went to a franchise show, our first one, the first one we ever really spent on. All these leads, by the way, came in for free. We didn't, we didn't actually. All those four hundred people that applied. We never, we never paid for them. Really? Wow. We just listed on online marketplaces for business for sale and we just, we got yeah. people. Um, but we went to a franchise show. We spent our first one at a franchise show and we went there and there's all these guys have been selling franchises for longer than I've been alive for sure. Some of them and some of the brands like Taco Bell and like all these other brands were there and they basically like, they're surprised. They're like, your franchise is 15 grand. Ours is 300. And uh, you have a really good margin, bigger than our margin. And uh, holy crap, you guys! I see how you guys make money. Oh, oh wow, okay. Um, well, you guys, you guys are really disrupting not just the oil change market, but the franchise system market. Like, it, it's a low entry, so everybody wants in. But you guys can be extremely selective of who you want. Mm-hmm. So, works yeah. out. Good spot. Yeah, absolutely. Spot absolutely. Do you see any, like, looking ahead the next, like, one to three years, what do you see as, do you see any big challenges, hurdles to overcome? Have you, I, I know it's kind of a operate by the year, by the day type of thing, but do you foresee anything yeah. that you might have to overcome? So adapting our business model in about 25 years, um, you know, that's kind of a long-term goal that we're looking at. Right now, electric vehicles, they take up, really low percentage of the, the the market in North America, even around the world. Um, and, and vehicles being sold on today, like you buy a brand new truck from Chevy today uh, in Canada to buy a 2019-2500 HD diesel, you're going to spend 90000 Canadian buying it, which is quite a lot of money. Um, but you're going to, and some of them are like 110, but that, road, that truck's going to stay on the road for 30 years. So it's got 30 years of serviceability. They have to maintain parts for 11 or 15 years, if I remember. Uh, six years, and then they pass it off to like aftermarket. But that's going to be on the market forever. Uh, electric vehicles, until they reach about 25 to 35% of the market is when we have to start changing. Uh, we already service electric vehicles, but we have to do it a little bit more. And, and we've got a couple ideas how to make oil into the next, like warranty servicing, like your truck needs to reprogram, become a plug in a computer and reprogram it, that kind of thing. Like future, way future stuff. You know, our, our problem that we're having right now is um, getting franchisees out the door as, as smoothly as possible. Um, oil, you know, oil's, for us, actually, oil's pretty stable. Um, surprisingly, everybody talks in the news about oil being uh, barrel going up, going down, going up, going down. We're, we're an off product of oil, uh, lubrication oil. Um, so, we don't really move that much, so it's fine. But uh, you know that's a risk. But not risky enough. <laughs> like I mean, the risk we have is is keeping our our staff happy, keeping our franchisees happy, sure. mm-hmm. and keeping the public happy with our brand. Um, I think that's a challenge, and building trust with our brand too across the country. Like like I said, like you can Google 
um, or even YouTube, like oil change scam marketplace or oil change scam CNN, Fox News. Like you can you can see documentaries on like these places screwing people out of for unnecessary things. So we want to do we want to do our best to separate us from that, like whatever you want to call it, the, yeah. the white brush everybody paints us with. So yeah, it's kind of the the major hurdle we got right now. Mm-hmm. Do you do you think that's gonna go away, or is that just continuously you guys on the social media making no, sure that push back on it? Like as soon as we say we have no upsell policy, it kind of like just it just drops their walls, just drop. It's just it's easy moving forward. But just people from looking from the outside that have never used us, we, we just want to make sure our branding is coming off that way. So mm-hmm. um, we're sending in your driveway. How do you want somebody sending in your driveway saying, well, it's going to be $200, not the $65? <laughs> you don't come onto my lawn and tell me that. Yeah, right. Yeah. So in Texas, I don't think that'll go well. But uh, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. So, I mean, it is what it is. And uh, yeah, we, we, just, we just want to do this globally. And um, we think it has the potential. Um, and, uh, you know, we have no other, I'm still hundred percent owner. I have nobody else owns any shares in the company. Uh, we haven't done any raises, nothing fancy. It just continues to dominate, um, in, in, in a controlled scale. That's it. So I'm going to buy this IPO if it IPOs. <laughs> yeah, 100%. for sure. We'll be there for it. <laughs> yeah, hey, we saw know. this happening first. This we knew <laughs> Texas. Yeah. We saw it. We saw you, Texas. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. And even where we decide to set up in the States, like we're still shopping, Like I'd love to live in Chicago. Okay. But, uh, cause it's closer to home, but, um, yeah, no, we're kind of, our lawyers are like, Oh, you know, Texas has a really good tax tax thing. We're like, Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe. And look, uh, California is expensive. San Francisco is way too expensive. Mm-hmm. It's not worth it. So, um, you know, it, we can be anywhere we can. Um, cause where are you guys from again? What city? Indianapolis, Indiana. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 So if you set up in Indianapolis, they would yeah. support this across Canada. So yeah. Yeah. I don't think it, it, it would be a good joint for, uh, for go oil. It would be. There's a yeah. Auto industry, a lot of auto repair shops in this town for sure. Yeah. Yeah. They like us. No. So here's the thing. Like auto repair shops don't make money on oil changes. They charge too cheap and they just get trying to get people in the door to like offer them other services. So they yeah. like it come along and they're like great i don't have to deal with that like the 45 dollar tire rotation they slide yeah. just slide <laughs> hey, by the way <laughs> oh wow wow yeah wow we're 45 bucks tire rotation with an oil change so i mean technically uh, that ish i was throwing some numbers but uh, 80, 80 bucks is usually what we charge for just one off coming to do your house so which is six dollars american technically because we gotta remember our dollars 30 percent cheaper gotcha mm, okay when you look at our pricing, it'd be thirty percent cheaper in the U.S. Okay, that's still pretty good. That's pretty good. I would do that. <laughs> yeah, so it works out. Works out pretty good. But uh, yeah, I mean, like we have some competition, like big companies, like so, for example, like your mechanic, or like, um, they're like Uber for fixing your car. Okay, uh, they'll show up with a kid in a Honda Civic that has some sort of license for fixing cars. And we'll fix the Mercedes, fix your brakes on your Mercedes or your BMW in your driveway. But and that's great and everything. But the problem is you're running into too many parts, too many different parts, too many different variables, too many different suppliers. Um, that's why the goal went simple route, just basic maintenance, um, easy to do. But you know, our competitor, like your mechanic, you're doing, you're doing from everything from spark plugs to top end engine build repair, or, 
rear end or whatever, they're replacing way too many parts. Um, quality, consistent quality goes down. Um, those jobs can go wrong pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when we were researching like how to grow oil, we looked at them in our, com- our competition and we went to the Better Business Bureau and just saw all the complaints. And we're like, we got to stay away from this. We got to just make it simple, easy to understand, easy for franchisees to do, not overcomplicated, not too many surprises. That might have been the wisest decision you made, for real, because simple, simple is often better, and it it protects you from from risk, like what you're talking about. Like that's yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like we like everybody's like, oh, we should start doing car washes. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Focus on what we know. No, we shouldn't. Yeah, exactly. Let somebody else be successful at that. Um, you don't need to hold the whole keys. You don't need to hold the whole, eat the whole pie. You can take a chunk of it and be successful. Um, let other people be successful as well. Don't try and you know make your business everything, a one-stop shop for everything. I hate those businesses. I hate them. You stop there, like, oh, you know, we'll we'll sew your we'll sew we'll sew your jeans and we'll fix your car and we'll we'll wash your clothes and you know you can uh, you know sky's the limit. I'll do your taxes and <laughs> spread yourself thin there. One one GST number or government state number like it doesn't it doesn't make sense. So um, just stick stick simple and be really good at it. Mm-hmm. You know, don't try to be something that you can't be. So, mm-hmm. feel like I just got Gary Veed. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't ever have time for him. I never have time for his watching. Like, um, I, yeah. I always I was like I always meet young people. They're like, I just watch Gary Vee all the time. Like, I love Gary Vee. And I'm just like, yeah, that's cool. But like, why don't you just go out and do it? So just listen. yeah, yeah. Get to that point. Like <laughs> you know, like it, you can sit there and soak up all of his energy. But even him, like, stop listening to me and just go do it. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and just just kill it. Like, I mean, you're not. You might kill your bank account, but you you're gonna kill something for yeah. sure. That that is one thing I've I've noticed that since since doing our business, like I listen to a, a lot less, um, and then watch a lot less too. It's just I don't have the time. Much like to your point, you just don't have time. It's a mindset. You gotta be like, are you the one that um, you want? Like, so for example, in Gary, if you idolize Gary Vee, are you the one that wants to be that your own podcast that rivals his? Or do you want to be a better business person than he did? He skipped out on all these other companies like Uber. He says all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Why not be that investor that doesn't skip out? Why not? You know, um, you could easily you could easily compete with his businesses. Like, um, so just just go for it. If I don't know, just um, one day and maybe we'll meet Gary Vee and Chuck, and I'm just gonna basically be like, and who are you? Like, it's <laughs> 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 a long time. So. Um, but it's just that kind of attitude. It's just, um, just you know, you if you're focused on other people's success, not your own success, you're never going to be successful. But if you can just focus on you, who cares? Like, it doesn't matter what anyone else is doing. It doesn't matter if they have more money or they have more followers. Quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. You'll learn the most from doing and failing yourself because that's when yeah. you're learn the most. So. Yeah, maybe, you know, maybe one day we'll be on Gary Vaynerchuk and be like, did you hear about that mobile oil change company that like expanded the U.S. and completely screwed up and lost a lot of money and now they're back in Canada? Like, wow, don't you wish you could escape back up north? Like, that's, that's, and then, then I'll make a comment. But I mean, like, you know, <laughs> that's serious, but like, you know what, so what? Like, um, why not be a conversation piece? Or, you know, you'd be talking about like, did you hear about this company called Goyle? They've come and dominated the Canadian market. Like, who are they? I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so yeah, I'd rather be the guy, the unexpected, the underdog. It just comes up, riffles everybody. But we're doing that in the oil industry. The oil industry, they haven't really seen a change in 40 years. Like, they're, they're operating the same way. 
um, and we're coming up the middle. And it's so funny to deal with suppliers and even these competing competing companies, like Jiffy Lube and stuff. They just they don't know what to do about us. They don't like we scale in Canada. We've scaled across Canada. We pretty much touch every every part of Canada already, mm. and at the point where we're so big that the other ones are just kind of like, what do we do now? Like they're like, do I go compete with them and try and like gain ground in the city, or do I try and buy them, or like? How do I how do I handle this, or do I just focus on my business and just not look at it? So, it, it, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. That's that's an interesting spot when you got other businesses on their heels, and it's like time to push and step on the throat, keep on going. And, you know, I had a supplier meeting today. Um, another guy walks in and basically says, "Yeah, like I want to do oil price," and he looked at his oil price and was like, "I'm sorry to say, but we get cheap oil." Like, I, and he's trying to tell me how his brand's better. Like every oil guy is my biggest pet peeve. <laughs> and they basically tell me how everybody else's brand is crap and their brand is amazing and I basically try and then I break it all down for them like oil comes from three places three different companies and it just mixed differently and it's pretty much the same besides very very little differences and uh, you know I just I just don't have time for you like calling out competitors I just rather you be honest and just give me pricing and just right I don't care about your opinions about your competitors. I just, I just want, just want to know the oil price. That's it. I don't right. really care about that. So, yeah. it's interesting for them because they're like, oh, well, you want to use, you want to use like less, less quality product than mine. I'm like, I'm just not going to use your product if you keep going. So, <laughs> yeah. So, that's working just fine, Bob. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. That's cool, man. So you got a real good mindset, though. Uh, yeah, it's it's fun hearing and learning how how you've gone about it, how you how you think, and how you've learned different things too, and let some things go too. That's, that's well, you just gotta take it as it comes. Like if you if you get this, like three seconds, never take it on your staff. Never get upset with them for them losing your money. Um, just just be like, well, we're all gonna learn from this, and. Uh, you know, it happens like we had an incident recently. So if anyone listening to this from Canada is going to maybe have, have to relook at their credit card statement, what happened was um, our developers left a test mode on our website. So anyone booking oil change online booked, paid, and it was automatically refunded. Hmm. <laughs> we did about a week and a half worth of bookings go through our website that were free. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> gifts. To those people that they may not even know about. We sat down and developers like, oh, well, you know, I'll, I'll get on the phone. Like, we'll phone these clients. We'll get their credit card. We'll charge it. And basically, looked at them and was like, no, it doesn't look good. Go back to these clients and say this happened. Right. We're just going to learn from this. And we're just going to swallow this pill. And we're going to accept that we lost money. And we're going to go forward. And if somebody phones back in and says, hey, uh, I was looking at my credit card statement, which nobody looks at their credit card statement, um, is going to phone in and say, yeah, I forgot to pay you guys or something didn't happen. Nobody's going to call in. Nobody has. Yeah. But you just, that, you can't get mad at developers. Developers, they're doing their job. They're testing, you know, yeah. got to one little setting and uh, some people got some free oil changes out of it. And at the end of the day, we still paid out the franchisee. They did the work, they did the, everything was paid. Our system was built to do that. So yeah, I just, I basically went up with my girlfriend. I was like, she's like, oh, what happened to you today? I'm like, oh, you know, we just, we gave up a 
couple hundred trail changes in the last. <laughs> and no, uh, but, yeah, it was a pretty good day. How, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how was school? Like, you know, <laughs> um, no, how's that? Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's great. So yeah, yeah, you just take them. You gotta laugh about it too. Like we laughed so hard at that one. They felt so bad, but I was just kind of like. It, it, it happened. Well, it's like that too. Whether you guys ever know that the people notice, like some people may see it and they may be like, yeah, I think I got a free oil change from, from these cats. So like, I, I think I got hooked up right here. Yeah. And if they're like, but they never said anything. Do they know? It's like, they know that they got hooked up and, and that will carry a longer way than like you said, reaching back out and like, Hey, we actually didn't get your money. So I'm going to need that. Yeah. yeah and so, yeah you just gotta play it that and you know nobody said boo about it since but yeah it's pretty funny yeah week and a half wasn't a month I, yeah, it would be a different story if it was a month or <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh yeah so might might finally need a lot of credit now so <laughs> <laughs> that's good uh tim you got anything else bro no i think we've covered a lot of good things yeah I know we want to be respectful for your time, but we uh, we really appreciate you coming on, man. We I know a lot of people are going to get value behind this about learning behind your story and the things you had to share. So appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me. It's nice to do a follow up interview to the, the the podcast that we heard. So it was good. Yeah, um, dude. I mean, if you guys have a question, like uh, I think one of the questions one of my staff said, uh, I think you guys are wondering how we do in the winter. Just be a class to be warm. That's it. We have to start wrap letter run. So okay. Look at Instagram. Make sure the vehicle's warm, ready to go. Um, but I work outside all year, and uh, for for my big snow company, and I mean, changing oil is a lot easier than shoveling fifteen hundred feet of sidewalk. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What, well, minus forty five would be close to your minus forty five, minus forty five degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. So minus minus forty five is kind of like minus sixty degree. Minus sixty is the coldest we've had here. Oh my god. Wow. Degrees Celsius, which would be like 30 Fahrenheit, I believe. Something like that. Really cold. Like uh, your hands freeze when you go outside. So. Shrinkage just thinking Jeez. about it. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, so it's good. But yeah, we'll see. Uh, I'll let you guys go. But uh, thanks for having me on. And if you guys have any follow-up questions or anything that you forgot to ask, just shoot me a, shoot me a message or the staff on Instagram there. And, uh, and uh, yeah, no one, if you guys ever come up to like Canada or Winnipeg, uh, Shoot us a message. We'll give you guys a tour of uh, yeah, definitely will. Still in this office, or we might be in a different office, and then wherever we're coming to three in uh, Indianapolis, we'll have to see you guys up for a beer or something. So definitely, yeah. uh, even Chicago, man. Chicago is only a few hour drive, so mm-hmm. we'll, we'll we'll hike it. Uh, I'm going, so I'm driving. I'm driving from Winnipeg to uh, Grand Grand Rapids, Grand Falls, or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. July, July. So me and the girlfriend decided to do some site touring of like. Well, I've been to Chicago a bunch of times, but. Chicago, we might go south a bit too. So cool, man. We're along the way. Might have to might have to do lunch or something. So yeah, yeah let us know, brother. Definitely. All right, John. All right, brothers again. Thank you, man. Thanks, All right, John. Friends. All right, bye bye.